Jack Sasson. A Jack Sasson? Yeah. I can give a... I'm like, uh, I was trained by the CIA in a, a mind control program <laughs> <laughs> where uh, when I'm properly triggered, I will become like an escort, like a male escort, and I'll give a man a hand job in such a way that when he comes, his heart stops. Oh, shit. And it just looks like natural causes. And I wipe the cum off. I do it all with the glove, too. <laughs> I just turn that glove inside out with the cum on it, and I put it in my pocket, and I roll. <laughs> and I don't remember most of this. Well, you you normally wouldn't when the CIA does these things to people. Yeah. Do they, do they just give you the code word and you go into action? Pretty much. Um, and it comes in the form of a million goddamn PureFlix emails. <laughs> I'm still getting them, even though I canceled it, and I'm getting them on multiple email accounts. I don't know what to do to stop it. Uh, I don't know. Do you want some of them? Pure flicks? Yeah. That's where I watched all those God movies. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that that sounds maddening. Yeah, it's, it, it, well, it's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been getting a lot of work. Oh, boy, are my... Arms tired. <laughs> but this isn't about uh, the covert program to uh, control my brain. This is about those most lovely and precious items. Silk, satin, sex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome to the Raincoat Report. This is Boss here with Jeremy. Indeed. And uh, this week we're talking about three things in particular that came together in one movie. And those things in the movie are silk, satin, sex. Yeah, and you have to consider each one in its uh, in its form. First, you've got you've got silk, very smooth, very nice. You've got satin, which I think is kind of like silk, but shinier, perhaps. Yeah, I uh, couldn't really tell you the difference, to be honest. These are materials that don't find their way into my life very much. Which probably means you don't get much of the third, sex. <laughs> I guess not. Yeah. Uh, that one, one's a little rougher than the other two, depending on who you ask. But uh, not so much in this film. No, not not really. So, all in all, you're in for a very smooth outing, listener. Yes, so... Uh, Silk Satin Sex is a 1983 film directed by Lawrence Talbot. Yeah, that's um, the Wolfman. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah that was uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s character. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, looking at IMDb, this is it. Uh, there's just this and Turn On with Kelly Nichols. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know about that one. That one sounds fun. The Internet Adult Film Database just has this for him, so I don't know. Anyhow, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. this uh, 1983 film, and we've got uh, we've got a cast of characters here. We should, yeah, it's a uh, we've got a stacked cast. Oh, they are quite stacked. Some of them, yes. Uh, so we have a party uh, being held by Jesse St. James as Valerie, uh, with party guests that include Vanessa Del Rio, Joanna Storm, Tiffany Clark. Yes, and uh, May Lynn, mm-hmm. the hardest working woman in pornography. And of course, uh, who could forget lovely Veronica Hart as the maid? Yes, who uh, doesn't really get into any explicit action here unless you count her time with some fruit in the film. I think we'll see that we will count that. Okay. Uh, and we've got a few gentlemen in here, uh, including but not limited to Paul Thomas and Jerry Butler. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's a it's a fun little time where some ladies get together and talk about their three favorite things. Yeah, silk, satin, sex. Yes, those are those are some of my favorite things, <laughs> like in that song, silk. Satin and sex, it's always the best with you. <laughs> These are some of my favorite things. We go into the blue, <laughs> right? Uh, how, something like that. That's uh, Broadway. Oh, okay. That's from Broadway, is what I mean. That's not Broadway itself. But in a way, that's Broadway. It's an encapsulation of Broadway. Yeah, people love it. <laughs> I feel like that's insanely loud on uh, my end. Am I being punished? Uh, probably. Okay, well, who directed this? The Wolfman directed this. Yes, the Wolfman directed this. It stars many people, and uh, we've got some uh, red letters that are coming in and out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we'll see uh, what the red letters mean. Yeah. It'll be explained in the first, like, three minutes, and then mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll learn about how everybody met their man. Yeah, and I'm going to... I think we're going to take a little break, and I'm going to run to the post office and mail out my red letters. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, we'll take our quick little break. Oh, before we do that, do you want to talk about uh, the president getting arrested? Oh, yeah, they shot him. <laughs> No, April Fool's, because we're doing it on April Fool. Oh, yeah. This one comes out later, but today we did it, and I tricked you. You did. You tricked me. You got um, me. I made you think he was dead. Uh, <laughs> he's been indicted, which is uh, that's what I said would happen. You people should listen to me. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what you said. Uh, I don't think he's been arrested yet. I haven't heard anything about him attempting to flee justice. or uh, I saw Ron DeSantis said that he would not extradite him. <laughs> which is uh i don't think he has that power but i guess we'll see i don't i don't think he understands what extradition is <laughs> yeah um yeah i don't know how he's gonna stop that one but uh he's welcome to try yeah uh that would be maybe the funniest possible outcome of this is uh ron DeSantis just getting arrested and uh trump just kind of skating free <laughs> like uh yeah just getting arrested for defying like the constitution to stop trump being prosecuted for sticking his dick somewhere and paying to hush it up oh uh, he gets boy. like uh, a couple fines desantis uh 
can sit back to Gitmo, but this time he's the one uh, getting his nipples twisted up. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope. We'll see what the future holds. Yes. Uh, you all, th- ever, no one believed me when I said the queen was dead. No one believed me when I said Trump was going to get arrested, but that's two. I mean, you're a real Nostra dumbass. Oh, <laughs> you know what? I am. And I predict I'm going to fucking give you bonk of the week. God, ah. that's loud. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> in the meantime, we'll mm. go ahead and take a break, and then we will be back to talk more about silk, satin, sex. I'm always ready. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, are you always ready to tell us what happens in Silk, Satin, and Sex? No, but I am right now. Yeah. Up until probably the past two days, you wouldn't have been able to do it. You'd have had to really fake it. No, I definitely would have. But uh, thankfully now, I am currently ready. All right. And that's about as good as you're going to get from us. <laughs> So we open on credits with some red silk sheets on screen and a shot of the harbor. And we're soon taken to a bed where Denise, played by Vanessa Del Rio, is being banged out by a guy played by Jerry Butler. He's got her leg pinned up and he's really stuffing her. She's talking dirty about feeling that cock in her pussy and he soon pulls out and comes on her pubes and belly. They kiss as, uh... The music fades in, our theme song, mm-hmm. as we get uh, the rest of the credits in our title card. Yeah, and I sing a little bit to you, but this version is by April Shower and uh, Randy Jetson Oh of yeah, the Jetsons family. Yes. Uh, he was the dog, I think. <laughs> Randy. Yes, Randy you know, the r- dog. Ruh-roh. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, we cut to some shots of the ladies of the film. They're all stretching and moisturizing and uh, probably just prepping to get pounded in general. Uh, but it's important to note that they all have red envelopes nearby. As the credits end, we cut to Valerie, who is uh, played by Jesse St. James. She's in a soapy bathtub and... Uh, enjoying herself uh when the maid played by veronica hart comes in to tell her that her guests have arrived valerie tells the maid to make them feel comfortable so we see a room full of women sitting around and having drinks soon valerie walks in and introduces herself i assumed at first that these were people she knew but uh we soon learn what's going on it's like an mlm thing right perhaps We don't get enough details to confirm that, but it certainly feels like it, because she has sent envelopes to these women, these red envelopes, to invite them to a party, Uh, and it's important to note that Valerie 
makes lingerie and uh, makes and sells lingerie, I guess. Owns yeah. some sort of lingerie company. Yeah. And uh, all of these people apparently filled out some sort of applications. And she uh, poured over their applications in great detail to choose them as the women who would, uh, I guess, get to try out her lingerie. Oh. So it's like a... Is she trying to sell it to them? I assumed that she was going to have them like model it or something, okay. but it's not really clear, and it doesn't really come into play in the film at all. That's true. Well, it's best just to gloss over it. But right at first, I thought it was like uh, one of those pleasure parties or whatever. Right. But it doesn't seem to be that way. I thought this was going to go in uh, that sort of direction, but uh, everyone just changes into different robes. Right. So Valerie mentions that she. Amongst other things, sells erotic intimate wear door to door and explains that she met her husband while she was out selling stuff, mentioning that men were uh, the most likely customers to buy a lot. And uh, considering her sales techniques, I can't blame them. So we cut to Barry, the man that would become Valerie's husband, apparently, painting Valerie's body. So Barry is played by Bill Michaels. New to me. He's yeah. A, he's a pretty powerful mullet. Yes, he does. The mustache that really sets the whole thing off. Yeah. Well, he's painting on Valerie's body a big butterfly. He asks to take pictures of her to commemorate the fun they've had, and she agrees. He then offers her some brandy, which he mentions to her is an aphrodisiac. As Barry takes pictures of Valerie, she starts to rub her hands up and down her body and caress herself. She works her way up to brushing her pubic hair with her fingers and then finally starts to play with herself. Does he sound dubbed over to you compared to everyone else? Uh, I can't say I was paying that close attention. That's fair. I just thought his voice sounded a little off compared to the other people around him. I would not be surprised. Uh, but yeah, we get to see Barry going down on her then. Uh, with a lot of close-ups and, uh cutaways to her reactions as it's going on there's giant red faces on the walls oh yeah yeah the gaze down upon them <laughs> we cut to valerie riding barry cowgirl but not before getting a shot of a giant double-ended dildo on screen which at first doesn't come into play but don't worry just hang on audience all right Again, a good mix of close-ups and facial reactions. That's kind of the style of the movie, which is which is good. It's solid uh, pornography shooting. Yeah. You get the dirty business going on, but you also get to see everybody having uh, a good time. Yeah, you really get to uh, concentrate on their nostrils. <laughs> uh, another thing that really sets up the scene is this really dreary, echoey, slightly distorted guitar music that's playing. Mm-hmm. With a separate finger pick guitar laid over top of it, it's kind of weird in the tone. <laughs> it seems it seems kind of dreary, even though the scene is you know just a intimate, sexy scene. Valerie rides for a bit, and they make out, and then we cut to Valerie alone in bed again, and Barry places the giant double-ended dildo on her. Uh, as it's laying across her front, it goes from her crotch up to her nipple. As again, it is very big. It's a, it's a mighty worm. It is. <laughs> Valerie rubs it against her vagina and her chest, and Barry licks and sucks on her nipple a bit. 
But then we cut to Valerie riding Barry reverse cowgirl. This continues for a bit and she moans hard as she rides his cock pretty hard and they seem to finish together. But we go back to Barry fucking Valerie doggy style next. He pounds her out pretty good for a bit, finally pulling out to come on her ass on the butterfly flower painting on her ass. You know who we haven't seen in a while is Francois. No, we haven't. This really made me think of him. Made you miss him? Yeah, abstinence makes the heart grow fonder. So, next week, the week after, whenever you do your picking, I want you to find one with him in it. We'll see what we can do. He might even just show up by accident, that's fine. Yeah, that happens sometimes. I just miss him so goddamn much. Well, in the meantime, we've got Valerie's Georgia O'Keefe painting on her ass, covered in cum here. I love it. Uh, He rubs the cum around with his dick a bit, and then we cut back to the party. Valerie says Barry was so fantastic they had to get married. She talks about liking artistic men, and she liked being a canvas for him. It's at this point that Fanny chimes in, and Fanny is played by Joanna Storm. Fanny says that she wants to tell them about how she met her husband. Valerie notes that this should be interesting because her application mentioned she liked the outdoors and the freedom of public places. Fanny says she likes to go jogging, and one day she saw the hottest guy she'd ever seen as she was passing a store. So we see Fanny on a street looking into the window of a store. She closes her eyes and seems to imagine herself running naked in a dark room. Yeah, she's just jogging naked in the black void. A lot of focus on her breast bouncing. Yeah, and then we see her in the void moaning and playing with herself. We also see a guy standing outside the door of the store just staring at Fanny as she's zoning out and having her erotic fantasies. Yeah, this is kind of the thing that overtakes me when they activate me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll just, like, be looking at something like, I'll just be out and about, you know, I'll be at the at the Cirillas or the the uh, Theater X across the street, usually a porn shop. Yeah. And I'll just zone out. And then you get one of those Pure Flix emails. I go, yeah, I, yeah, zone out and I look at my phone and then I'm like, hey, I need this uh, butt plug. And I just take it and, and I wake up hours later covered in another man's cum. <laughs> I don't know what I've done. (laughs) In her narration, uh, Fanny explains that she went inside the store and forgot her money when she left, so the guy who worked there came out to give it to her, and they started chatting. They both liked the outdoors, so they decided to go to the park together. We see people enjoying themselves in the park. Just a bunch of shots of a bunch of people in public who didn't know they would be in a porno. (laughs) It's fine. They're playing, uh, like, volleyball or something on a concrete. They're fine. It's just funny to think about. Yeah. No, it's good. I like it. There there had to be at least one person who went to the theater and was like, wait, is that me? (laughs) It's pretty good. Yeah. One of these, you think one of these people in the park saw it? I'm sure they did. One of them did. One of these people is a pervert who plays volleyball by day and plays with balls at night. He plays volleyball by day and plays with his balls by night. Yes. Yeah, there we go. 
we see Fanny and uh, her guy here holding hands and walking and skipping through the park. Um, so Fanny's future husband, as he's credited, because he doesn't get a name. We've been having an epidemic lately where most of the characters on our films do not have names. Right. Yeah, this is another one of those where like five people in this movie have names and the rest don't. Sort of randomly, too, because not even all of the the main uh cast gets uh, a name for their character yeah you would think all the women at the party would have names but uh mm. only three three out of five do yeah three yeah. out of three out of five do three out of six if you count the maid oh yeah <laughs> but well, anyway she's just the help she does her name's unimportant i guess that's true she doesn't have a name in the reality of the movie yeah she, lives she, she was a, renamed the maid yeah uh <laughs> Jesse St. James keeps her in a box under her bed. <laughs> but uh, Fanny's future husband is played by David Sandler. Uh, of course, the uh, uncle of Adam, of Adam uh, uncle, Sandler. Okay, uncle father. Uncle father. He, he was both. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you look at Adam Sandler and you can just tell. The Sandler family tree doesn't have as many branches as most do. Yeah, his menorah doesn't ain't all there. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, uh, they sneak into the bushes and start to make out on the ground with some very tonguey kisses here. Oh, yeah. Nearby, another unnamed character played by Tanya Lawson shows up. She's reading erotica out loud and playing with her nipples. Yeah. I don't know how to say her name, but she's quite famous for her erotica. Oh, okay. Yeah. um, Very, very erotic stuff. It sounds like it. She's reading aloud, and uh, she's talking about a guy who said he'd only caress the, I guess, narrator of the story, touching the tips of her pubic hair. But nearby, I'm guessing they're nearby, and like they can hear this. I, I don't know. But Fanny and her guy sink onto the ground and start to get more serious. But uh, Tanya's reading and playing with her clit. Fanny and her guy are now naked, and he starts to go down on Fanny, and she returns the favor, sucking his cock in kind of an askew 69 position. We cut back and forth between the solo masturbating woman and Fanny getting banged by her future husband. Uh, This is around the time that my girlfriend Stephanie came in and noted, he's just jamming it in there. Sure, why not? (laughs) Uh, This continues for a bit with him fucking her from behind as they lay sideways on the ground with some grass stuck to her legs. Mm -hmm. The masturbating woman has given up on reading and is focusing on fingering herself. Meanwhile, the couple has switched to doggy style. Tanya seems to orgasm whilst playing with herself. Uh, And meanwhile... Uh, Fanny's guy pulls out and comes on her back and ass and even her shoulders. It's uh, quite a, uh... It's a gusher. It's a gusher. Yeah, he really gives it a... He's, you know, he, uh... It's gonna pop. And it did. It did pop. It popped so hard, it probably got in her hair. Yeah. You <laughs> don't see it. But the scene fades out on a shot of a squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That squirrel got his nut. <laughs> At the party, May Lynn, who does not have a name. She's not even woman at the party. She is, like, girl late for work in the credits. Girl working late. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, working late. 
So it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. But I would say that Mei Lin, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, is the hardest working woman in pornography. Yeah. That's probably unfair to everybody else. Totally but she is women. a hard worker, at least. That's undeniable. You don't know that. She was, she was like really like lazy on set. I mean, what ends up on screen is very hardworking. That's fair. She might be lazy when the camera's like off. I can't say. She's a diva. Could be. I don't know. I don't know enough about her. I'm I, sure. I like to think only the best things about her. Yeah, I'm going to let you believe that. Yeah, don't ruin things. Don't tell me that Maylin was a predator. I don't <laughs> need to know that. Uh, I'm not certain on that. Anyhow, <laughs> at the party, Maylin mentions that doing it on the bus might be extra stimulating. And uh, Tiffany Clark, who also is unnamed otherwise, suggests that they all talk about how they met their men now that the uh, template has been set by the first two people. Tiffany Clark is uh, credited as Girl with Hypnotist, which we'll learn about here in a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, In fact, we learn about it right now. Okay, that was quick. Because everybody agrees on this idea that Tiffany has, so Tiffany offers to go first. She's meeting a hypnotist. Guess who plays the hypnotist? I've got a good idea. (laughs) It's Paul Thomas. Yeah. He's up to his old tricks. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's favorite uh, pornographic uh, therapist, Paul Thomas. Yeah, he's my my favorite pornographic medical professional. (laughs) Yeah, in my notes, I just just put, she's meeting with a hypnotist, Paul Thomas, of course. (laughs) She wants to replace her urge to smoke with sexual desire. So we see P.T. putting her in a trance through the art of hypnotism. She then starts to imagine the ocean and waves crashing. And we see her splashing around in a white shirt and panties in the water that, of course, because she's in the water, are completely wet and transparent. Yes, yes. Lots of nipple close-ups. We see Tiffany in real life, though, in this flashback. When I say in real life in this scene, so, uh, I just mean it within the flashback, but not in her hypnotist dream. It's not even a flashback. It's a fantasy. Or it's a... It's a story. It's a memory being implanted by this evil doctor. Well, the the evil doctor... It's Paul Thomas. ...is implanting the fantasy of her in the beach... Yeah, into her. Into her, yes. Yes. But when I say she in real life, I mean her in the hypnotist office. Yeah, no. She's not back at the party yet. Which we'll call the present. It's another one of those multiple layers. Yeah, we're deep in. And it doesn't stop here. Anyway, in the therapist, or the hypnotist, I would say, is a hypnotist a therapist? I guess it depends on if it's a party trick. Hypnotherapist is real. Right. I think that Paul Thomas, in this case, would be a hypnotherapist. I think that's what he's supposed to be, but he could also just be like a stage magician or a stage hypnotist that (laughs) has clients. I guess that's true. I mean, where do you draw the line, really? Yeah, it's all very, uh, let me tell you, (laughs) it's not all above board. Uh, But yeah, Tiffany in the office is shifting around and starting to rub herself. In the fantasy, she's laying on the beach now, caressing herself as the waves crash nearby. In the office, P.T.'s just sitting there smoking. 
She moans and imagines herself walking up and down the beach. She now has her nipples exposed in the therapist's office and is rubbing her thighs, moving towards her crotch. We see the sides of her pubic hair exposed, though she's still wearing her panties. Mm, yes. She then imagines on the beach her walking behind some umbrellas, and there she finds Paul Thomas wrapped in a towel, seemingly asleep. Who's inserted himself into this uh, yes. hypnotic fantasy. So he's incepted himself into her fantasies now. Right, but she's going to believe that she came up with it herself. Yeah. Because he's devious. He is evil. Yes. Uh, Paul Thomas, I'm going to give you Bonk of the Week. Yes. Take him the one I gave Boss earlier back. <laughs> she pulls down the towel in this fantasy and reveals his hog. What a hog it is. Yes. In real life, in the therapist's office, Paul Thomas has started to touch on her chest and rub her nipples. That is illegal. Yes. In the fantasy, she started to suck his cock and he's rubbing her back softly. In the office, we see Tiffany writhing and rising in her chair. In the fantasy, we see her riding Paul Cowgirl. In real life, though, he's now going down on her and she's completely naked, as is he. This continues for a bit with us cutting back and forth between fantasy and uh, what's happening in the office of Paul Thomas. Yes. Uh, and soon, our hypnotherapist is fucking Tiffany doggy style as she moans in delight in his office. He then fucks her as she lays back on the couch nearby and she just imagines the ocean and the waves crashing again. He eventually pulls out and comes on her pubes and I assume charged her $200. <laughs> I think you might be right. Uh, what a racket. And in the last shot of her fantasy, we see Tiffany running off down the beach, holding a giant smoking dildo in the air. It's pretty cool. It's a very, uh, this whole scene is uh, very nicely shot, and I'll probably talk a little bit more about that in my review, but yeah, she, uh, it's like a symbolic victory over smoking. Yes. Because now the only thing that's smoking, or she's smoking around here is poles. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Back at the party, Tiffany says she's not sure if she married him because she loved him or if it was, she was just in a hypnotic trance. Yep. <laughs> Tell you, you don't want anyone to put you under hypnotism. Especially I'm, not Paul Thomas. Yeah. The government is, there's probably thousands of people like me out there. That's true. A network of virtual Jack Sassons <laughs> waiting to carry out the government's dirty work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doing the five-handed tango. Five-fingered tango. <laughs> the five-handed <laughs> five tango. <laughs> That's when uh, me and a bunch of the other Jack Sassons get together, and uh, there's like five of us. And we just, well, it's like a pentacle. It's a, uh, oh. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's a good community to be in. Okay, yeah. Like, it's very supportive, but uh, it's just rough when you lose so much time. <laughs> That's fair. Well, next up is Mei Lin, who tries to leave the party at first, but Valerie convinces her to stay and tell her story. I don't know if she was planning to like run off and leave, or if she was like, oh, I'm all horned up, I'm going to go fucking rub one out in, in the water closet. Perhaps, I don't know. We don't get to know. She just tries to leave for no reason. Right. 
Well, May Lynn explains that she was a workaholic, and she was uh, finishing up at the office around midnight one night. Which is where her character gets her name. Yes. She was working late. We see her at the elevator, dressed sexy, and a guy comes up by her, Ray. So he's one of the named characters in the film, played by Jose Duval. Oh yeah, and he's like an older gent. Yeah, he is an older gent. He's got a lot of gray. He's looking a little like you. You're an yeah. older gent. Maybe he was only in his 30s. Maybe. He seems like he was probably older, but yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, he has a... His pubes are all dusty. But I will say that if nothing else, uh, his equipment still worked, that's for sure. Yeah, and this is before they had that Viagra. Yeah. So he had to like probably grind up a whole bunch of weird stuff to get it going yeah <laughs> he just injected his dick with a bunch of cocaine and was good to go we need to get uh, like a sponsorship for like hymns or whatever which are just like i think kind of like mail order dick pills oh pretty much like you just i think some podcasts will like advertise them i didn't know um, about those yeah I'm, well i'm glad to be of help <laughs> Maylin mentions to Ray that the elevator's not coming, and he asks what time it is, and she says it's midnight. He says something poetic about when the big hand and the little hand meet, something about Paris going to sleep or something like that. But uh, he then goes on to explain in more clear terms that the building isn't 24-7 and closes at 9, so apparently they're all locked in. I don't know if that's true or if he was making that up as an excuse for what happens next. I don't know if that's true or if... I feel like she should know that. She works here. Yeah, you would think that if she's working midnight tonight, she probably would have worked somewhat late before. Yeah, it seems like if she's as much of a workaholic as she seems, she would know this. Yeah, well... I think that she's just in Ray's trap. Perhaps. Well, they decide that they're going to pass the time together, and things escalate quickly. They find some sort of aqua spa room or something here, mm -hmm. and decide they want to get wet. So then we cut to them naked together in a murky hot tub. Yeah, it's just a sign that says the Aqua Club. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess this, they're in like the C-suite or whatever, with like where the executives are. I guess they have a murky hot tub. For I guess executives. So. I've never made it that far up the company ladder. Me neither. I want to get in the back room where the deals are made, <laughs> where the hot tub is grimy and gross. <laughs> but they're uh, naked and making out in this murky hot tub, and he's kissing on her body, and we see him start to go down on her. She arches her back on the side of the hot tub, and he really munches down for a bit. The music in this scene is annoying. <laughs> there are just some loud piercing repeated flute notes over like a, sounds like a, maybe like a drum track. Oh yeah. 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 And uh, while they're all doing improbable unsafe stuff in this hot tub, there's just no respect for a slippery surface in the porn world. I guess you're used to them. Yeah. I guess when you're doing porn, all surfaces have the opportunity to become slippery. <laughs> Well, he switches to his fingers for a moment, and then Maylin starts to stroke his starts to stroke his cock. She starts to suck and really throat his cock for a bit, 
And then Ray leans Malin over and starts to eat her out from behind before penetrating her doggy style on the side of the tub. After a bit, Ray sits down in the tub and Malin rides him reverse cowgirl for a bit. We cut to a shot of the clock, and Malin calls over to Ray to tell him the elevator opened. Once they get inside, though, it's not moving. So, they decide to start fucking around in the elevator. <laughs> Ray sits down and Malin's sucking his cock again. He eats her out more and then starts to fuck her as she lays back on the floor of the elevator. She then rides him reverse cowgirl as he sits. She compliments him on how nice and hard his cock is. She rides him more and then the elevator starts moving again. At that point, we cut back to the party. Maylin notes she just knew they had to get married. So, so far, like, all of these women have married someone just, it seems like, based off just the one time they fucked. Or yes. time they were hypnotized. Right. These wise decisions, are these what led to skyrocketing divorce rates in the 90s? Probably, yeah. Porn has destroyed generations. It has. Uh, April Fool's. I love porn. <laughs> Fanny notes that Malin's story was beautiful and says that she thinks they could do a lot of things together. And so then we cut away from the formula of the film and cut to Malin and Fanny outside. I thought it was kind of rude to cut Vanessa Del Rio off before she could get to her story. Yeah. They kiss and Fanny starts to undress Malin. Inside we see the maid, who I think hears them. She's inspecting the fruit... Uh, at the table here. Mm-hmm. Outside, Fanny is licking and sucking on Malin's nipples, and they, in fact, rub their breasts back and forth against each other for a bit as they make out. Inside, the maid starts eating a peach, very seductively with her mouth. Of course. That's the only way to eat a peach. Yes. Almond Brothers taught us that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fanny goes down on Malin a bit, and Malin returns the favor as Fanny lays back in the grass. Inside, the maid is suggestively eating an orange. Yeah, she's getting all her vitamins in for the day. She sure is. And all those servings of fruit. Malin continues to work Fanny's clit for a bit and starts to finger her. Uh, I think that unlike the scene in the park, they're on AstroTurf here. Yeah. As the little shards of grass on them seem weird and kind of curled in a weird way and thin. Yeah, I thought maybe they had just reused the same area at first, but yeah, I quickly noticed that it was AstroTurf. Inside, the maid is practically deep-throating a banana and leaving her lipstick all over it. Oh, yeah. She just leaves that one in the kitchen. Yeah. We then cut back to the party, where Valerie asked Denise to tell her story. She starts saying that sometimes if a party is a bore, she'll just drink to try to make her way through it. And so we see some party inside a New York apartment, and indeed, Denise seems bored. A guy is drinking champagne out of a bottle, and she tries to get some from him, but he pulls it away. She urges him to consider sharing with her, and uh, he seems convinced quickly, pouring her some. Uh, This guy at the party is Jerry Butler, who we briefly saw at the beginning of the film with her. She suggests that they find somewhere to be alone, and they find themselves out on a fire escape, looking at the moon together. 
soon, though. She's really impressed by a half moon, which I don't consider to be a very impressive moon. No, not really. It's just half of it. When it's <laughs> full, I'm like, oh, wow, that's really fucking, it's big. It's kind of scary. It's red sometimes. Sometimes I transform. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I transform by the light of the moon. <laughs> To uh, a werejacker. It's <laughs> uh, a different affliction than the other thing where I'm a Jack Sasson. Completely different. Yeah, my palms get really hairy. And you, that's and I go blind. <laughs> you got bit by a guy on a bus once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, soon, though, uh, Denise and uh, her friend at the party, Jerry Butler are tongue-kissing and holding each other on this fire escape. Denise sinks down and starts to suck this guy's cock, opening up his shirt and caressing his chest. She keeps asking him, Do you like that, huh, country boy? They make their way inside, and I thought they went inside the uh, apartment that this party was at, but I think that they didn't, and we'll find out more about that here in a bit. No, I thought it was maybe his room, because there was like a cowboy hat on the bed. Oh, yeah. I think, right? I think, but did... Yeah, I don't know. He had a hat on, but I think there was also a hat on the bed, but... Maybe he... Oh, did he have his hat on in the bed? I think the hat was on the bed when they got in. Oh, okay. They threw it out of the way. He has multiple hats. Oh, Someone does. He wears many hats. (laughs) Yes. Yes, he does. So... This country boy starts to go down on Denise for a bit, and then we see her on top of him riding him cowgirl. She's uh, very vocal, moaning about how good his cock feels in her pussy. Yeah, and it's really open it up and all this stuff. Yeah. We see him fuck her from behind as they lay on their sides. He reaches in and plays with her clit a bit. She's really getting into it, and he's really giving it to her. The song playing just chants, always the best, don't stop to rest, always the best, don't stop to rest, and does that over and over again. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you want to add that one to the sample board? Maybe. It would go well with uh, other classics. Oh, yeah. You know, um, we'll have a top 40. (laughs) The scene fades out, and we see the two of them in bed. Uh, Jerry Butler here puts a video into the VCR there and starts to play it. So, uh, this is, I guess, uh, the sex tapes of whatever random couple's room they found themselves in. Alright, I wondered whose pornography collection this was, or what kind of videos this cowboy was making. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, Tanya Lawson, who is the woman masturbating in the park. Uh, she's naked in the shower that isn't on. And we see her getting fucked from behind. Just at this point, the people who live here show up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tanya Lawson and Mike Feline. Uh, they come in to find uh, Denise and uh, Jerry Butler in their bed. Tanya notes she didn't know they were having guests, and Mike said he thought that they were her guests. Regardless, rather than freaking out about there being random people in their apartment... They decide to join together and have some fun. Tanya rides Mike's cock while Jerry goes down on Denise, and uh, she plays with Tanya's clit. We see Denise get down and lick and suck on Tanya's vagina as she uh, rides 
the country boy with Mike fucking Denise from behind and eating her out. Tanya gets off real hard, and then we cut to Jerry really pounding Denise out. Denise eventually demands to taste that hot cum, so Jerry pulls out and finishes all over Denise's chest and stomach. She just scoops uh, it all up. Yes, she scoops it up to lick it and plays with her clit more, sucking her fingers. Back at the party, Denise says, That's how I got married. And Valerie clarifies she married the stranger at the party. She says she couldn't help herself. Denise suggests they should send their husbands red envelopes. Then Fanny suggests they should send each other's husbands red envelopes. The girls all excitedly buzz, and then we get to be continued on the screen uh, as like a card on screen with a picture of red panties. And then our credits hit with some illustrations of the women. I don't understand what their plan was. They're going to be continued. Uh, They're going to send each other's husbands red letters, and they were all going to get together and fuck each other's husbands. Okay, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, they were going to do a whole... I told you, it's like an MLM. They just have to keep bringing people in. Yeah, and then their husbands have to send red letters. To their mistresses and so on and so forth. It's complicated. It's complicated, and it all ends up in a Carlos Tobolina-style orgy. As it should. Yeah. But uh, no sequel to this, right? Uh, Not that I'm aware of. I feel like maybe like another director could pick up the mantle, but I just feel like this is the kind of thing where they said to be continued without any plan. Right, yeah. (laughs) Well, that was Silk Satin Sex, so... We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Silk Satin Sex. nice break was a nice break nice relaxing break but we're back on the raincoat report to talk silk satin sex and it's time for the raincoat review (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of a delay on that Uh, we got there though we got there yeah uh just leave that little brief pause in okay okay um yeah this was a this is a pretty good uh, a film. Yeah. It's a good a film. I like it. <laughs> no, uh, it's got a nice cast. It's got some of my favorites. It's got uh, Veronica Hart in a, yeah. a very small role, but yeah, it's, nice I, I would to say see her nonetheless. It's nice to see her. It's a little disappointing that she didn't get to talk about how she met her husband. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to sub someone out, I'd sub probably Joanna Storm out for uh, Veronica Hart. Okay. That's my swap. But uh, love seeing Vanessa Del Rio. Yeah. She has a really good scene in this. Uh, Tiffany Clark, I think, also has a a pretty excellent scene with Paul Thomas. Yeah. Uh, This one's plot, as we kind of went over, not very very complex. Yeah, yeah. Women kind of get invited to a party and tell their sexual stories, which I feel like is a pretty common setup. Yeah. 
Uh, I think this one is carried, like I said before, by the uh, the strength of its cast as well as some pretty creatively shot scenes. There's some pretty good sex in here. They're not all great, I would say, but there are scenes that stand out. I do think the uh, hypnosis scene with uh, Tiffany Clark and Paul Thomas, as I said, was excellent. I like the soft kind of soft focus on her just playing in the waves for a while. It gives the film a, a very a sensual quality, which I think is definitely what this one is going for. Uh, yeah. Very much an erotic film. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's designed to be a couple's film. Yeah, definitely in that era. Uh, like I said, Vanessa Del Rio scene is, uh, is good. Like you mentioned earlier, like a lot of the shots are kind of close-ups. Uh, you see people enjoying themselves, but there's also close-ups of just like things like people pouring drinks and just kind of a focus on like an erotic good time. Yeah. Um, so I think this film takes a pretty simple concept and uh, goes in some interesting directions with some of the stories it tells. Some of them are a bit bare bones and some I just didn't really care for like I like Maylin, but I did not like the old man she was with. Okay. I did not like looking at him. <laughs> he he made me think about my mortality. Oh, damn. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'm not a big Joanna Storm fan in general. Like she's attractive, but I I don't know. She, no, okay. not Joanna Storm. Uh Jesse St. James. Okay. Sorry, that's who I meant. She is very thin in this. Yeah, yeah. You see a lot of her ribs in the scene that she's in at the beginning. Yeah. Too much rib. Yeah, yeah. She I that's that's a uh, kind of a bummer. Yeah, but uh that's a pretty minor complaints overall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good cast, uh very nicely erotically shot. Uh a little weak story-wise. And some of the music was downright grating, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I'd probably give it a three and a half. It's definitely one to uh, check out if you are a fan of uh, any of the women mentioned. I think there's probably a scene in here for you that you'd really like. Yeah. Um, and overall, competently shot. Uh, sexy little time. Little, yeah. It's one for the books. It is one for the books. Yeah, uh, I would definitely say that I enjoyed this one. Um, I, I think you really covered the bases. You know, there's a there's a good cast here. It's overall kind of thin on plot. Um, I wasn't super uh, engulfed with the nah, plot. No, I wasn't really drawn in. Um, except for, once again, the Paul Thomas scene, just because... Yeah. That's only just because of what we've been doing for the past several years, I think. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, I mean, it's sort of an anthology film in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have winners and losers in that. And I wouldn't say any of these were big losers, but, uh, you know, some were better than others. But Definitely. The wraparound to the anthology, so to speak, didn't really have me that interested. It just was kind of a framework to make the movie go. No, definitely. There weren't um, any stakes or anything. Um, yeah, they should have like have like best storyteller competition. Yeah. There should have been that would have been cool. It would have been a nice little little bit of little steak, little meat for me. Yeah, but uh, 
you know, instead we had the ladies at a party. There may have been some multi-level marketing going on. We don't know for sure. Um, but two of, two of them run off to kind of fuck in the middle. Yeah. What are the other three doing? Do you think? Uh, I don't know. There's trying on different lingeries. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, use your imagination sometimes, boss. I refuse to. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would say that overall, you know, if you've uh, this is a good one to pick if you uh, you know, wanna wanna watch a, a romantic pornographic film with your partner. I would say overall, it's not particularly remarkable, but you know, it's an entertaining enough time. I would give it three stars. All right. We call that the three-star shuffle. Yes, and it's time for us to do our raincoat shuffle off into the distance. But, uh, you know, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report. Uh, RaincoatReport at gmail.com if you want to uh, email us. Follow us on uh, Patreon. Patreon.com slash RaincoatReport. You can't search for us because we're adults. Yeah, is that the reason why? I guess I don't because we're an adult, quote unquote, we're Patreon. But um, uh, yeah, five dollars a month you get ad free episodes, you get uh, early access, and uh, you get our uh, exclusives. Yeah, two a month. Two a month. This Friday, we're talking about Playboy TV's foursome once again. We're getting close to the end of season one, and then we'll, yeah, we're closing in. We're closing in, and uh, we may or may not find ourselves a foursome somewhere along the way. We'll see. I sure hope so. Uh, but but, um, but until then, when you're going out to the mailbox to check and see if you got a red envelope. Don't forget your raincoat, because maybe it's raining. <laughs> Don't stop to rest